0: everybody welcome to a new episode of two drunk
1: fans gab what are you drinking i have had cider cider no palm cherry cider a dry cider and then a couple of jack daniels and cokes so i'm a little um boozy what about you
0: i'm drinking soju out of a captain marvel shot glass
1: what have you been drinking tonight I that had, exact same thing
0: i had soju and i had a kentucky bourbon barrel ale which is one of my favorite beers oh that's a beer yeah it's a beer that's aged in bourbon barrels
1: that sounds delicious I wish is. You could drink beer. is it is <sighs> i'm so jealous of your life
0: <laughs> i don't get a heartburn and i drink beer is that it
1: yeah, and you get to go to France for a whole fucking Oh, month. that's
0: true. But I have to work the whole time.
1: Dude, yeah, but I have to work the whole time in America. <laughs> I would rather work up the whole time in France doing right.
0: you the stuff you do. Let's just front load it. So I'll be gone in France for from June 5th through like July 9th. During that time, Gab and I won't have a regular podcasting schedule because we've been so regular so far. But (laughs) what we're going to try and do for you guys is maybe get some guest hosts to record with either Gab or me. And then hopefully at least at one time, we'll be able to coordinate. I think it's a nine, maybe... Yeah, about a nine hour time difference, maybe eight hour time difference, and at least do one special episode for you guys while I'm over in, you know,
1: fucking France. While you're abroad. <laughs> while you're abroad. <laughs> That's an interesting phrase. Um we can I technically I will be over there for potentially two weeks. So oh, you only have a two week
0: head start on me. Or deux semaines. Cémen? Cémen? Cémen?
1: I oh, don't know. My calendar hasn't gotten there yet. Uh, I have uh, a French calendar, an English-French calendar, so I'm I'm slowly learning French via the calendar. Good for you.
0: Bien. Or, when I improve, lesbian. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to be out of control. You're going to... Oh. I want you um... to... Adopt a French personality while you're over there. So a that when French I see you. So so once I when I see you it on like July first or whenever I get there, you you have you have some flair. What?
0: I'm like smoking a cigarette and
1: I don't know. Like, maybe you have like a beret or something. Or no. like maybe you maybe you have a bag that just always has baguettes in it. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> just like, I think baguettes oh. are flair.
0: I've been waiting for you for several weeks now.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the city was lonely without you. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Now we can explore the dark underbelly of Paris together. Yes! Who knows? Oh my knows? god, you
1: can show me the dark underbelly of Paris.
0: Who knows what aberrations we will find together.
1: I want to go to the Moulin Rouge if that was still a thing. Hmm.
0: I'm just remembering, Maybe. you know that John Mulaney bit where he's imitating his dog Petunia is like the Gestapo threw my printing press in the river. <laughs> but tell your fucking jokes. <laughs> like, record your fucking podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I want, yes, I want you to have some French flair. Okay
0: that's that's your that's your job i mean i am planning to live kind of a very parisian lifestyle there i'm told bike culture is okay and i have a friend who lives there like he's an expat um and he's got recommendations for all the like all the places that the locals go for their baguettes and whatever yeah hopefully dude you should learn how to make baguettes why would I ever wanna make shitty baguettes when I'm in Paris and I can go get a baguette for made by someone like some French baker whose dad made baguettes, whose grandfather made baguettes, whose great grandfather made baguettes.
1: But wouldn't you wanna learn and be the like sixth generation
0: that no. learns how to make baguettes? I don't wanna make an effort. I wanna buy my fucking cheap ass baguette and eat it. Oh,
1: I forgot you're you've gotten all expenses paid vacation this summer. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. It is a
0: work trip where yeah, I have right? to work every single day. But sure, we'll call it an all-expenses-paid vacation.
1: <laughs> what I love is you've got a work trip and what do I do, like, half the year? <laughs> Our work trips. Do you want to talk about women's soccer? Do you, I, I want to I wanna keep bantering uh, because
0: I miss you, friend. I need to drink more for that. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> oh, all right. Alright, alright, right, 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 right. Um We'll have inconsistent podcasts. Uh but we'll we'll still we'll still put an effort. I'll I'll make an effort. We can use Google Calendar, it'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll wake up early in the morning. We've done that before.
0: You know me, I'm a night owl. It's only a nine hour difference, so if I'm up at ten PM, you're that's like lunchtime for you
1: yeah yeah and i can totally have a liquid lunch (laughs) no i can't i can't have a liquid lunch um what we can do is we can um i will be also traveling for work and we can just find a time when i'm on the east coast
0: sure that's only six hours might even be five and might even be five that's, you know, very close to our time difference, which is three. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying. It sounds like when you're trying to convince yourself that something's not that expensive, you're like, oh, it's like, you know, 399 which is kind of like $350, which is basically 300
1: Which was kind of my budget. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least it's not 400
0: Oh, so speaking of money oh boy the one thing that I wanted to it's just the details not something we need to get into particulars over but I did want to put it out there on the podcast so um, as part of the women's national team CBA I saw on Twitter that one of their little deals is they get an $8,500 performance bonus anytime they beat a FIFA top 4 country or Canada no matter what their ranking is (laughs) beat
1: canada be canada Canada could be
0: the 50 50th ranked team in the world <laughs> and they could beat them like 12 nothing
1: it's like the christine sinclair clause i just love how fucking
0: petty that is like <laughs> oh, they're so invested it. in this rivalry that they were like the top four countries and canada no matter what <laughs> it's-
1: it's just a nice little like salt in the wound. Like, yeah. Oh,
0: and Canada. It's like, hey guys, we're gonna get paid extra for beating you today, even though you're ranked like number twenty. They're not twenty. Oh, they're like they're not twenty. They're, they're top like ten. They're
1: like yeah.
0: They're in the top ten. They're and they're not number ten either. They're five. Japan.
1: Yeah, five. Uh
0: huh. So know...
1: so so the rule should really be, you make an extra eighty four hundred dollars. every time you beat a top five FIFA team. (laughs) But
0: uh, Five, coincidentally, also the number of goals Christine Sinclair needs to score to hold the all-time international scoring record. When do you think she's going to hit it? Canada has a couple more friendlies before the World Cup, so hopefully she can bag at least... I want to say three goals. I want to. I wanted to get three goals in those friendlies, and I think it's very doable for her to get two World Cup goals.
1: Oh, it's absolutely doable for her to get two World Cup goals in group play.
0: I would love for her to break the record on the biggest stage possible.
1: You know, with all eyes. Yeah, exactly. As just a giant fuck you to Abby, because U.S. Soccer had to set up those fucking huh. wash of matches. Remember, remember how. How U.S. women's national team had this like unbeaten streak.
0: Oh, and then it that, ended. That was and... like
1: decades old, and then they lost it because of a match that they were just trying to serve up a goal to Abby on a platter.
0: I mean, that's that's too obvious a metaphor. If I were a writer, I'd be like, "This is too obvious. Please rework." <laughs>
1: right? Like, but that really happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Canada in group stage is playing uh, Cameroon in their first game. They're playing New Zealand, and they're playing Netherlands. So Cameroon, they might get on the board. New Zealand, they might get on the board. Netherlands, tough
1: ask. I actually thought New Zealand was a tough ask.
0: It's tougher, but I don't think it's going to be as tough as Netherlands.
1: Hmm. And then I don't want to say Cameroon's
0: exactly going to be easy, no
1: I, I was actually gonna i i if i would rank them i would actually say netherlands would be easiest Oosh. cameroon oh. new zealand okay 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 cool cool
0: cool 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 cool, <laughs> cool.
1: i like that we already disagree
0: <laughs> this is going this is going so well all right here's something else that we can disagree on uh nwsl week one in the books
1: what if Christine Sinclair uh beats the record against Allie Riley? Her old teammate? Yeah. That's
0: all. But Allie would like be happy
1: for her. I think. I know. That would be adorable. That would It would be adorable. Oh no. I'm call I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. Christine Sinclair beats the record against New Zealand and Allie Riley like is on the dog pile.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. It's so, so like all these Canadians celebrating, and Allie Riley is running over as well.
1: In <laughs> her all-black kit. Yeah, and her fucking Ferns jersey. <laughs> Sinking! Christine Sinclair! Oh, <laughs> That would She's be so really adorable. sweet. That
0: would be really sweet.
1: Oh, man. Some things transcend sport. Exactly. I mean, I think
0: they're, even the rest of the Ferns who weren't our teammates yeah, it would suck, you got scored on at the World Cup, but also if something crazy is happening, you'd have to be like, okay, fair play, just take a minute. And right. get back to trying to murder each other.
1: Well, I mean, Morgan had her 100th goal uh, recently, and it was just in a friendly, like a sorry. Hey, you're fucking making me on, said... fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The sleepy got to me. You're sleepy, I'm know. sleepy.
0: It's fucking 11.30 where I am. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: You're a nighttime you're a nighttime person.
0: Not anymore. I fixed my schedule, dude. What'd you do? I go to bed by midnight now.
1: Well, that's still like two hours later than I go to bed. Yeah, but that's like thirty minutes away. <laughs> oh true. But it's Friday night. Come on. Oh my god.
0: Come on. That's how you get into trouble though. You're like you stay up late over the weekend and then on Monday, you know, sometimes you're you just keep hitting that snooze button. Especially me, I work from home. There's nowhere I have to be, and I mean I have to start. I have to get the work done, but like I have more flexibility, so it's it's rough sometimes. Like I'm tempted to get up at ten instead of eight.
1: I hear you, friend. That's how it starts. Uh, so, So I've I've started listening to like meditative noises. Okay. And I have this whole routine at nighttime now, where instead of being on my phone or like listening to like music, music with words and all that stuff. I put on some chill music for like 10 minutes or so while I'm still hanging out. Mm -hmm. Then I go and I wash my face and I brush my teeth and I like change into PJs and do all that stuff. And after about 20 minutes, then I, then I'm like ready for bed. So then I crawl in bed and I turn on a, a meditation, like a sleep meditation, guided meditation. And I am out like a light. Are you one of those people who falls asleep easily? No, not normally. Aww. And I've 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 tricked my body. So I was listening to a podcast um about transitions, like time, managing your time throughout a day and like being able to transition from one event to another event throughout your day. And they really said something that hit home for me where it was like we raise kids. Like when you're raising kids, you know that you can't just jerk them around and be like, All right, now it's dinner time, now it's bedtime like now it's bedtime. You have to like transition them. You have to have like cues for them to know, okay, now we're gonna start doing something else. And so I've started this habit where I ha I give my my body clues that it's like, okay, we're about to start something else. And, oh, my God, I've responded so well to it.
0: I don't understand how I fixed my schedule. I just kind of did it for one day, then two, and then I did it for a full week, and then I did it for a couple weeks, and then long enough that the habit took over. Like, it was like a switch flipped in me. There was no conscious, like, resolution to do it. I was just like, one night, okay, I want to go to bed early-ish. In the the first couple of days, I took melatonin to kind of put myself Mm -hmm. out at the right time, and then it just... Snowballed. Maybe I'm getting old, and now you don't go out
1: at night. Like you don't stay out
0: past midnight. What do you mean now? I never went out. <laughs> when I was 20 years old, I'd not go out. I was like, I want to order in and lie down.
1: <laughs> okay, so you don't act. So there no at no there's no night where you are like, okay, tonight is the night where I am gonna stay up until two in the morning i just had insomnia i just had insomnia
0: and it took a long time for my brain to shut down even now it takes a good 30 40 minutes for me to really fall asleep i have to like read until i'm so exhausted that my brain stops working
1: you should try the the meditation thing i was telling you about like you should try listening tranquil music while you're like prepping for bed and you get rid of your phone and get rid of like stimuli And transition your brain into, like, hey, just so you know, we're going to bed really soon.
0: Here's a transition for you. NWSL week one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right.
1: All right. All right. All right.
0: All right. We're back. How many of the games did you get to watch? There were fucking five total games, including the midweek. Absolute fucking embarrassing ass blowout North Carolina Courage 5, Orlando Pride 0 but we'll start at the beginning Washington Spirit 2, Sky Blue FC 0
1: I watched that one
0: I mean it was what, number 8 versus number 9? yeah in your opinion, which team looked more like a newer team than the other? I mean, we have the result, but
1: um I think Sky Blue did impress me like Sky Blue looked renewed refreshed um they and they're they're coming off of some major change uh which we should probably talk about
0: oh yeah so tony Novo is out as the gm which apparently the news dropped like a week before opening weekend something like that so close to opening weekend and Elise LaHue is interim gm and if you've followed women's soccer for a minute then you'll know that name because she was with the chicago red stars she left them to go work with the seattle storm and is now with sky blue uh uh-huh. So quite a pedigree in women's sports.
1: Yes, quite a history. Um, I like the change. I just, I am. My five thousand dollar question is, why would you go from Seattle Storm to Sky Blue? Well, my five thousand dollar, my eighty
0: five hundred dollar question is, <laughs> why now? Why did Tony Novo quit now? Like what changed after all of preseason, so close to opening weekend, that suddenly they were like, you know what? Actually, it's untenable that you're GM.
1: Well, he he wanted to focus on his real estate career. So, I'm thinking that the real estate market in New Jersey has had some sort of shift.
0: You know that's not correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's what they that's the line they fed me. I mean,
0: so i think jonathan tannenwald was the one who was the most bald about it which is basically like he was asked to resign which is kind of the polite way of firing someone right it gives someone a chance to kind of maintain their last shred of dignity
1: yeah safe face
0: yeah and he's like okay i'm stepping down but why now What
1: like why why not december when all this shit was blowing up
0: Was it maybe that just the continued agita from the various groups, they thought it would die out and be fine closer to the season, but in fact it wasn't, and they were looking at maybe season ticket numbers and being like, oh, there actually was an actual impact in our season ticket renewals, you know?
1: I mean, maybe, but the other, like, that's probably plays a part in it. I'm also wondering, though, if... They had some pretty specific shit to work on from a, like, admin side. And I'm wondering if he just did not do any of it. Maybe. I mean, he there was a list of shit that happened or that he was going to work on, like, as of the draft.
0: That's true, where he was like, we'll tell you in 30-ish days or so, and then... Right,
1: and 30 days came, and it's like, well, shit. The only thing I ever really saw, uh, well, I saw that they changed practice facilities.
0: They have have
1: water at practice, so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the players, like, when player move-in was happening for all their, like, apartments and stuff, they were very, very, very upfront about, like, look at how happy everyone is. Look, Look at how great these apartments are. They made changes,
0: and understandably, I think probably the players are like, we don't want to keep talking about all that stuff. We want, there's a, it's a new season. There's a whole new chance. There's, like, 24 opportunities here for us, now 23, to completely flip the script and change the narrative. So I can understand them being like, yeah, we set our piece, but now we want to play soccer. But I do, Mm -hmm. it comes back to, for me, it's like, maybe the season tickets. I don't imagine that Sky Blue has a huge season ticket holder base. I'm, I'd am i be happy to be wrong about that. I'd be happy to hear, like, actually, we have, you know, five to 600 season ticket holders. But I think with Cloud9 and the people that they were able to convince with their, you know, with their campaign in the off season about, like, you know, these things need to change um, and Tony Novo needs to be out before we return to a game, I could see them having... A sizable impact even if season ticket renewals are down 10 percent, i think that's enough to be like hey you know that's enough of a warning signal maybe maybe not just 10 percent. what would you say the percentage needs to be for ownership 25 like 25
1: 25 maybe well i think it could also be that the the boycott was the straw that broke the back
0: I think yeah, maybe it was coming down to the wire and they were like, Oh, these dummies will ruin you. They can't go without their team and they were like, We're actually not gonna so Right. They towed the line. Yeah. It's like we can kind of live without soccer, but you can't live without our money.
1: Well, and it just makes me wonder when um uh who's the wife of the governor? Whoever oh, wrote that open letter? Tammy
0: Snyder Murphy. Tammy, I was close with Patty. Oh my god, so they live in a place called Drumthwacket? I'm sorry, what? kind of bougie nonsense name? Drumthwacket? It's the official residence of the governor of New Jersey in Princeton. Drumthwacket? Oh, in Princeton. That's even worse than Kennebunkport. What is Kennebunkport? It's a place where rich people go in New England.
1: Canabunk port. <laughs> it's interesting. Maybe someday somebody will a book. That would be cool—a tell-all, right? Like maybe that's Carlos's uh, no. next book.
0: No, where is Tasha Kai? She always oh my god, promise- where, dude? She always promises us good shit, and then she never <laughs> gives us the good shit. She's like, no,
1: I'm just gonna live my life quietly in Hawaii. I'm just going to keep posting photos of the additional tattoos I'm adding to my collection. Yeah, she's
0: just living living her best life with her, her partner and doing construction stuff and being in Hawaii.
1: Right? Like, oh God, talk about not a bad life.
0: So, I am optimistic about what Elise LeHue can bring to Sky Blue FC. I am really rooting for that win. I'm not expecting one right away. Although I was like, you know, as introductions to the seasons go, playing Washington Spirit in your first game is probably one of the most gentle ways to get right? you back
1: in. Right. Like that was that was a nice that was a nice move, NWSL. That was a way to ease them into it. It was it was uh it was a good opening weekend. There were some good goals. Yeah, you know, I don't think uh correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we had any zero zero draws.
0: Nope. We had one um, we had one one draws, but no zero zeros.
1: Right. Yeah, Yahoo online platform stuff seemed to work out okay if your internet was fine.
0: They had some problems with replays,
1: I think, but yes. they fixed
0: them pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, so there were no yeah, there were some technical issues, but the stream worked. So that's that's a good thing. And now we know that Yahoo, like, we know that the Yahoo uh, app is available on iTunes or on Apple TV and Chromecast and Roku. And um, it's also available on the Xfinity. If you have like a smart TV, Xfinity app thing. So you can watch it like bars are able to put it on. It's just it's not on like a main channel.
0: Yeah, it's not on linear TV, which I think is a problem. Like, what were they doing the off-season? Who were they talking to? Why couldn't they get some kind of... Not even every weekend, but some kind of, like, we'll do X number of games. We'll do 12 games during the regular season kind of deal.
1: I'm just happy that we're not doing the fucking noon o'clock Sunday thing anymore for Lifetime. That's true. That's true. Like, that was just dumb. Lifetime... You have scheduled programming this is the only live event on your entire station and you're pigeonholing it for the hottest time of the day so this actually is a nice little transition as
0: well because lifetime didn't work like i thought in the beginning like a lot of people okay this is an innovative little solution let's see what happens and it didn't work they didn't they didn't adapt well to it and now a&E, the A&E offices that were running all of NWSL Media, so like the marketing arm, which is different from the NWSL Media Association, which is the independent group of journalists. So the a e marketing arm in New York, it's gone. And like everybody who worked there has gone and found other jobs, like Meg Linehan left, and then a bunch of other people, Celia Balf left. Um, this guy, Dave, who worked on like, I think video and stuff left. Uh, the person who's in charge or like the vice president of getting sponsorships left. Um, so they're all, you know, leaving because I think, well, part of it is if NWSL is going to replace those jobs, it seems like they're going to relocate them to Chicago. And unless they're willing to pay relocation costs and, you know, a paycheck that's worth it to uproot your life from New York, who's going to take that deal?
1: Well, and when is
0: NWSL going to actually fill those positions? That's the other question, though. So you're getting a little peek at how the sausage is made, but uh, the person who ran NWSL Communications, Patrick, he resigned just after the NWSL draft, and they still have not seemingly filled that position yet. The draft was in January. You would think like, that it would be of paramount importance to hire your a new communications person, the person who liaises between you and the press who are covering your league.
1: Like, some sometimes, and you and I, we don't, like, we work hard in a lot of ways. I don't think we are the hardest working people in WOSO by any means, but... I will say that sometimes I feel like we are putting in, like, we, the collective we of, like, supporters and fans who want this thing to grow. I feel like the collective we are working harder at this thing than people in the league office.
0: Yeah, I understand they're understaffed, but the solution to that is to hire a new Patrick. (laughs) And to yeah. hire some of, some of these people who have left your positions. Like, there was, you had to have known the moment that deal was dissolved that there was going to be some kind of transition. So why wasn't there a better organized staffing transition?
1: Like, I just want to know what Amanda Duffy does on, like, a daily basis. Yeah, that interests me.
0: And to, you know, like, to what extent are she... they getting support from U.S. soccer during this time?
1: I mean, okay, so that that's another thing that happened this week. U.S. Soccer announced a new uh, partnership, new sponsorship with something. That's I forget what the name was.
0: Yeah, it's an app what? or something.
1: Uh, yeah, a- and it's and MLS is getting a cut of it. But not why isn't NWSL getting a cut? Yeah. Of-
0: why isn't U.S. Soccer bundling deals? You know, for NWSL as well. Maybe there's some kind of contractual thing happening there, but I really don't. I don't think there is. I don't know.
1: I'm like, you start this thing and you say, okay, now go do be a thing, be your own thing. And the thing says, yeah, I want to be my own thing, but then nobody knows how to be your own thing. And it's like, it shouldn't be this hard.
0: It's a very, like, what are we thing right now. It's like, so they pay national team players and, you know, control how they come and go, but they don't want to take responsibility for getting them some sweet-ass sponsorship deals, maybe because... Still, it's supposed to be technically under that A&E marketing arm, which is maybe why this deal was separate. But then it's like, so what are we then? Like, I don't know why we're so entwined on this front, but not on this front. Like, can we just, you know, openly state what we are to one another? I I can't deal with the uncertainty in all the different parts of our relationship.
1: I want to know, is some at all
0: involved with NWSL now?
1: Oh God, I don't know if
0: I'd want them to be.
1: Oh no, I don't want them to be, but I'm wondering if that deal was a sum, a sum negotiated deal, and if that's the case, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. If anybody has the answers, our DMs are I'm open. Really love to chat with you. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, we've got North Carolina Courage one, Chicago Red Stars one, and I want to kind of fold this into North Carolina Courage five, Orlando Pride zero.
1: Oh, you don't want to
0: fold uh, uh, Nor- Orlando Pride 0, Portland Thorns 2 into this as well? No, I, I get the feeling you want to talk about that on its own <laughs> and what Tobin he did. North
1: Carolina, like North Carolina drawing against Chicago, I thought that was a pretty fun match to watch. Um, I found it extremely interesting that uh, North Carolina scored first, no, uh, Chicago scored first. I was wondering if North Carolina would do the thing where like once they score one, they like rapid fire score like three more. Right. Like they did. Against and they did do that against Chicago. <laughs> what was that?
0: Like they did against Orlando.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like they did against Orlando. Like that's that. Ooh, I got the hiccups. Ooh. That's the uh, Orlando of yesteryear. <clears throat> I was wondering if they were just gonna come out with like a slightly different game plan, but Orlando against Orlando that proved us wrong, proved me wrong. Yeah, but consider the stats. So uh, North Carolina,
0: Chicago. North Carolina had twenty four shots, six shots on goal. Chicago had six shots, one shot on goal. So much more economical. And then you know we now have all these cool little widgets on the universal site. You can see a map of where all the shots were. It, God. It fucking looks like... You know that game where you have to shoot little bubbles at other bubbles, and when you match the colors, they like des- they fall out of the top, and you're trying to get all yeah. the... That's what it looks like on the North Carolina end. Like, just all these fucking colored bubbles. And then, obviously in the Chicago, and there's just six little shots, and, like, four of them are Sam Kerr in the box. Sam Kerr in the box. Um, deadly in the box. So, it's like... Yes, we can talk about North Carolina being inefficient all you want, but the fact of the matter is who cares if they got six shots on goal, 24 shots, and only one goal out of it. In the end, over time, this has yielded a team that nobody has figured out how to beat. Nope. At least Chicago figured out how to score. Oh, my God. 13 corners for North Carolina, Chicago 1. 40 crosses, North Carolina, Chicago 11.
1: Like, they just pummel. God. they're just a fucking battering ram. I mean, the Orlando match, I didn't watch it, um, but look just looking at like the post game, not post game, but like looking at when or uh North Carolina came together and really started popping the goals, it's like, "Oh Jesus, they're back."
0: Yeah. The so here's the thing though. So after his team had just finished trouncing Orlando five to nothing. Paul Riley had the audacity to give a press conference where he was like, after the the North Carolina Chicago result, he was like, "I guess people don't rate us. People wrote us off again." And then he busted out the U word, underdogs. So here's the thing: I think we all know by now that that is a mental tactic that he's using yes. to motivate his team. It's infuriating. Because we look at the facts and we're like, how are you in any way the fucking underdog? And he doesn't care.
1: Because it works. hmm It works on the players that he has on his team.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He specifically recruits players who he feels will be a good mental fit with his underdog approach. Which is yes. a, an actual psychological phenomenon. The underdog effect, apparently.
1: hmm
0: I actually interviewed Colleen Hacker about this oh
1: really yeah
0: there's gonna be an article coming out sometime next week hopefully for the athletic you're getting a little preview of it now oh my Uh, god
1: i love colleen hacker yeah
0: and if you followed women's soccer for a minute you might know her name because she was like a a sports psychologist uh, for the u.s women's national team for a long time she's working with usa hockey now i want to say and she works with like individual athletes and she brought up like some of the actual psychological underpinnings of the underdog effect and how the crux of it just to boil it all down is like emotion trumps logic
1: mm-hmm.
0: emotion trumps logic every single time so it doesn't matter that they were top of the league by what 15 points or something like that last season and they won the that championship
1: they, that they won the the shield by like mid-season
0: yeah and that they won the championship Pretty handily. I'm sorry, friend, but yes. it wasn't that close. No,
1: no, no. It it was not close at all. You, you are speaking the
0: truth. Yeah. And then two games in, they've scored six goals already. <laughs> so how can you look at that result and call yourselves the underdogs? You just do. You mentally train yourself to believe that. You take any little piece of negativity, no matter what, whether it's true or not, and you use it in order to create a certain um, process. At the club. and So yes. It's infuriating to all of us who are outside of it. But I don't think. That he's going to stop.
1: And there's nothing that anybody. Can write or do or say. That will change those players minds.
0: No in fact. It's better for them if people write and do. And say things trying to change their minds. Because it feeds right back. Into this. Aura that he's trying to create. Of like we have to show everyone wrong. Like, they say X, Y, and Z about us. Well, we're going to show them all, you know?
1: And it's like, no, we're saying you guys are actually really good at what you're doing. It,
0: I mean, it works, but on the... I kind of feel like I'm being gaslighted because Yeah, I can see the results. I see the numbers. You guys, like, you're a a super heavyweight and you're punching a bunch of fucking featherweights into oblivion. And yet...
1: It's But, like but like how do you write how do you write that article or how do you convey that message
0: you don't so here's the thing everybody it's unlikely but every single person every fan and every journalist could write 100% positive things about the north carolina courage and they would still find some seed of discontent because you have to do that in order to successfully implement this underdog mental strategy
1: it just sounds like brainwashing
0: i mean Psychological stuff to a certain extent. Like no matter what, you kind of have to brainwash yourself into into buying into this stuff. I think they're adults. They know that they're winners. They know, but what they feel is different from what they know, and that's that's part of it. I
1: I just hope I just hope that what he's doing isn't fucking up the women's national team's chances of in France.
0: What between like. Dunn, Mewis, McCall. McDonald. Yeah, McDonald. Mm, that's interesting. That would be an interesting question, actually. Like, when you have a player who's transitioning between two teams that have different mental philosophies, like, how do you navigate those those two different
1: worlds? Right? Because, like, like, when you're playing for the US Women's National Team, you can't fucking have an underdog mentality well here's the thing though it doesn't matter what the facts are
0: the u.s women's national team could use the underdog effect as a psychological tactic like with the right person to implement it
1: right but they don't i don't think they have anybody doing that
0: no i don't think they're actually using it like from the way that they talk and stuff in post-game interviews it doesn't seem like that's something going on there
1: yeah so i'm just wondering like Oh shit! If you're if you're loading, if you're if you're loading Mewis and Dunn and McDonalds up with all this bullshit about being an underdog, and then they go into camp and Jill is like, "Oh, you're doing a fantastic job. You're doing great. You know, we have to like like pressure makes us," and all this other mm-hmm. bullshit that comes out of U.S. soccer, and it's just a different mentality. Like, is he fucking shit up? I think that's
0: an interesting sports psychology question, though, for anybody, right? A lot of players, well, every national team player ideally has a club, and not every national team player's club is going to have the same sports psychology approach. So, how do you transition between the two? That's a super interesting psychological question for me. Oh, (sighs) okay. Next article. Yeah, right.
1: Fun fact: I took uh, I took a class from Colleen Hacker when I was in undergrad. Oh,
0: at Pacific Lutheran. She,
1: yeah, she's she's a professor at Pacific Lutheran University where I got my degree.
0: She's very intense, right? She's an intense woman, which I understand given her job. She's trying to help mm-hmm. people win like Olympic medals. You are not a laid back mm-hmm. person
1: in that kind of job. Like, sports psychology has always been so fascinating to me. So absolutely fascinating.
0: Yeah. The the way that you get people to maintain a mental edge, like, think about it. You and I get fatigued doing our jobs just, like, you know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday for a couple weeks at a time. And then, you know, common knowledge would be, like, you need to take a day off, like, every couple months or so at least. But for these athletes, they have to maintain a certain mental edge what for the length of a season for the length of a tournament, right? Like they and they can't blink. Exactly. There's they have to. I don't want to say there's no room for self doubt, but they have to navigate that to the point where it becomes productive. Hopefully, it's fucking wild shit, man. All right, it so, is. So, do you want to talk about we have the fought, thorns?
1: We have gone on so many tangents. Yeah, but th- I think this was a good one. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Yes.
0: Do you want to talk about what the Thorns did to the Pride? Uh, I mean, when you say it like that... It was that Sinclair, Caitlin Ford, Tobin Heath like attacking combo.
1: It was just gorgeous. It was just gorgeous. It was pretty. Um, It was nice. Uh, I don't know if you care, but Portland has been having a pretty shitty soccer year. Yeah, I without know. the thorns, I know. Um, you've texted me when we're having super shitty matches, and so it was just really nice to watch Portland win. <laughs> um, and oh. then it was just it was extra nice to see the like, I don't know this. This is me being petty, but it was extra nice to see the uh, post game press conference. Boy. where Ashlyn Harris just, like, unloaded. And I was like, oh, my God, is this going to be the motivating factor? Like, we just got done talking about psychology and what it takes to, like, motivate and mm-hmm. keep an edge and all of this stuff. And she unloads about how, you know, she can believe in herself, but she needs her teammates to believe in them. And then it just explodes.
0: She did this last season, too, where she gave a know. press conference where she was talking about, you know, my teammates need to do this and that. Didn't seem to work for the Pride last season. And it didn't seem to have worked for the Pride again this season. I mean, admittedly, yes, their next game was against the Courage. Um, Perhaps things might have been differently if they had been playing Houston or Washington or something. But it doesn't seem to be born out of any psychological tactic. It seems to be born out of frustration. And I don't think it's a good idea to say things out of frustration when it comes to team management.
1: And when you're the captain of the team. The fact of the matter is I
0: just don't think the Pride are very good this season. And there's not a lot you can do with that. Like you can try every little motivational tactic you want and maybe that'll get people to to run more for 90 minutes, but is it going to I just improve?
1: don't I just don't understand how the Pride are better with the roster they have.
0: That yeah, true. How do you have like Alana Kennedy, Alex Morgan, Marta on your team and you know You can't
1: score goals. Like, how do you have the three of them, and you can't score goals?
0: I'm just looking at the the shot data from this game, and boy, it is sparse on the Orlando side, right? I mean, there's some decent attempts. there's a decent little cluster in the box, but compared to Portlando, <laughs> Portlando? I'm sorry
1: Portlando Wow, <laughs> <laughs> Portlando, I love you yeah
0: twenty two shots for Portland to fifteen for. Orlando. Eight were on goal for Portland versus two for Orlando.
1: I mean, Orlando had one that made me do squeaky bum mm-hmm. that hit it hit, hit the post and uh, French didn't even go for it. And I was definitely like, oh, we're super lucky that that one wasn't a few inches closer to the
0: inside. I'll say this for Orlando. I thought their first half against North Carolina was pretty good. it didn't look like they were winning but it looked like they were holding their own they were Mm -hmm. sticking to their principles and playing their game and then it just all unraveled in the second half yeah
1: i just struggle with like tom sermani couldn't crack this nut (laughs) he couldn't solve this puzzle it's got to be a really tough puzzle Allie Krieger gave an interview where she
0: said the New Orlando head coach, Mark Skinner, is the best coach she's ever played for. Although it could have just been her, like, trying to, you know, be positive in the press and not actually, like, he's some kind of beautiful mind. But we'll see.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll see. I mean, Allie Krieger has played for Pia. Jill. Tom Sermani. Uh, Sermani. Mark Parsons.
0: Mm-hmm. For, uh Jim Gabbara. one of these things is not like the other.
1: She played in Germany. hmm I don't know who the manager was over there. Like, she's got a resume. And if this guy is all that, and then some, like, those are some heavy hitters to be up against.
0: You know me. I'm Team Chaos. So other than wanting Sky Blue... <laughs> <laughs> other than wanting Sky Blue to do better than they did last year... I'm kind of like, well, if Orlando suddenly gets their shit together and makes a run for number two, they're not going to be number one. That's North Carolina's spot. But if they make a run for number two, I'd be interested in seeing it. With apologies to Portland.
1: Uh, do you know what dude i've gotten used to you uh uh knocking my team down it's fine <laughs> and then it's i come fine. to
0: portland i come stand with you guys i got the little thorn scarf on just like and but but then you're too cool for school oh i gotta be in the press box
1: i actually gonna stand with you guys anymore what do you mean press box? That,
0: that's called having to do my job i have to be at work
1: I'm just saying, I'm out there slaving away, drinking, chanting, and you're like up in your cushy little press box just typing away on your computer to do work (laughs) so I can earn money to live.
0: I need money to exchange for goods and services so I can go to Portland games. (laughs) Who is flying me out to Portland? I'm not flying Uh, to Portland for free. I,
1: I would love to. When would you like to come out here?
0: Mmm, maybe August actually. September? All right. Okay. All right.
1: Let's let's plan for it.
0: Okay. All right. Last game of the week, Houston dash 1, Rain FC 1. Is that really the last game? We already talked about North Carolina Courage Orlando Pride 5 nothing, the Wednesday game.
1: Wow. We went through those really fast.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought this was much more the type of game that I would expect to see from two teams at the very beginning of the season, especially a team like Houston that is really You know, integrating some new pieces, rehabbing. Christy Mios didn't play, but she's, you know, apparently ready to go. She's, you know, ready for full contact and everything. Maybe not 90 minutes, but I would expect to start seeing her very soon for 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I thought the new midfield duo of Naren and uh, Sophie Schmidt was okay for Houston for, like, the first half or so.
1: Yeah, things kind of fell apart in the second half.
0: (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, it was
1: it was a little talk about team chaos.
0: Yeah, but I I I
1: like the look of it from Houston.
0: I talked to Monica Gonzalez. There's an interview up at all for eleven, the new women's soccer site from SB
1: Nation, where she can was. You put a sound effect around that. Am I going to? No, can you? Yeah, of course I can. Like a little sparkly noise. I'm not gonna. Like, it? <laughs> Maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she talked about how she thinks Houston is a complete team, and all they need is a little time to put all the get all the pieces working together smoothly. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see Houston in two or three games, but before they lose their internationals.
1: I like Gonzo. I like Krieger. I think I take what they say in interviews with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They're they're hype people. They're trying to hype their team. They're trying to. They're trying to get that stuff, but I do. I did like Houston's first half. I think Seattle is always going to come to play. Always gonna gonna come uh, ready to go. I think it's going to be really interesting. Like Houston started out last year pretty strong. Yeah, and, and then, then, then that, it just I,
0: fizzled. I feel like that Christy Mewes ACL injury kind of really took the wind out of their sails.
1: Absolutely did. And then... So I I I would love to see Houston actually build momentum same okay that was nwso week one
0: i mean we talked about a lot we put we packed a lot into the about 50 or so minutes that we've been talking including like a discussion of mindfulness and sleep practices
1: (laughs) and sports psychology
0: yeah I'm, i'm i'm just so interested in how people essentially can mentally manipulate themselves in order to achieve things Because that's what you're doing. You're manipulating yourself.
1: Like, it makes me... So, like, I've been thinking a lot about having a, a career coach, like an executive coach. And part of me is wondering, like, is that what I need? I need somebody to, like, just tell me I'm horrible at my job and that I have to work harder and I have to... Like, obviously, that's not what would actually motivate me. But it's just... It's so interesting. And now I'm on this path of, like... How, what is it like to transition between a like potentially super positive environment and maybe like a underdog environment?
0: Mm. It is weird the older I get like I feel like my brain psychology is shifting like this thing with going to bed on time all of a sudden, I'm just the kind of person who goes to bed at on time instead of i mean guess some of it was insomnia, but some of it was procrastination and just wanting to stay up later and not going to bed. It, all sorts of little things I do now that I used to really slack on when I was in my early 20s. I don't know what the brain chemistry of it is. Maybe I am i was just fed up with my own bullshit. I don't understand what happened, and I would love to know what the switch was. Like, nothing really significant happened in my life, I think.
1: Have you uh, explored therapy before?
0: Oh, yeah. Th- therapy's for rich people.
1: <laughs> no. I have okay. health insurance
0: but I just haven't bothered to I don't I I'm a big believer in therapy, actually. I think everybody should do it. It's just a doctor checkup for your brain. But um It is. I'm so in some ways I am still lazy. I'm procrastinating on looking up how to set that up through my health insurance.
1: I'm just I'm just saying, like, there might actually be a thing there.
0: Yeah, I probably should. Just just to even just for like a general checkup.
1: Yeah, totally. So might be worth looking into. All
0: right. And still week one? We're going to make some score predictions. We're not going to keep track
1: like last year when I won. I think you've won every year that we've kept track. And that's not why we're not going to keep track. We're not going to keep track because this year we have too much going on with the World Cup and life. That's true. And we're we, going to miss like
0: significant.
1: Jobs. Yeah, we can't commit to
0: keeping you, up with score predictions and
1: that stresses
0: both of us out yeah we don't want to commit to me winning again okay well okay uh, mm, <laughs> saturday first game chicago red stars versus portland thorns chicago's at home mm-hmm. i think that could be a really fun game
1: i know i know um i'm gonna say portland two chicago one two tie Kay.
0: okay okay Sky Blue FC home against the Houston Dash. Oh, I know what my heart wants and I know what my brain is telling me.
1: <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's our next spreadsheet. We, we were season. just talking we, about. <laughs> we do heart versus brain.
0: We were just talking about emotion trumps logic all the time. But, right.
1: So go with your heart.
0: No, I'm going to go with my brain. I'm going to say Houston Dash to Sky Blue one.
1: I'm gonna say Houston three, Sky Blue two.
0: My first instinct was two nothing for Houston, but that was my feelings coming through. Like Sky Blue, maybe I'll like get one at home. I'm
1: I'm saying they're gonna score two goals. Oh wow, okay. So I'm saying three to Houston, two to Sky Blue.
0: All right, and then Utah Royals at home for the Washington Spirit, and this podcast might come out hopefully before that game, but um, early projections are that it's gonna be a big crowd for the Royals home opener.
1: That'd be awesome. It's the first time we're seeing the Royals this year. Like, we're
0: talking fifteen, sixteen thousand, 16,000, maybe.
1: That'd be great. I mean, last year we saw that they absolutely uh, were able to, to have a huge crowd for the first match. Um, I struggle with Utah being able to carry that consistently throughout mm-hmm. season. But they did a really good job last year. What would be for you a
0: good average audience for the Utah Royals, given that they're now a couple years in?
1: Well, they're only one they're this is just their second year, right? Yeah, so a couple Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um I think it would be great if we could see them average over ten thousand mm. over the season. Okay.
0: I would agree with you. I want them to be into that five figure range. They need to aim high. Yeah. And I think uh Deloy
1: is absolutely the kind of owner who wants to aim that high. So go for it. I agree. I think they are doing a really good job of marketing the team. Um, They have Vero, (laughs) goddammit, this year. Um, So my heart is turning stone cold as we speak. I'm bracing for all of it. What do you think that score is going to be?
0: Utah Royals 1, Washington Spirit 0.
1: I'm going to say 2 to nothing, Royals. Okay.
0: Yeah, I want to say they're gonna score more, but something in me is like, I, maybe they need a little more time to get up to speed.
1: I, I just want A Rod to like come out of the gates. A Rod and Vero, two short, sprite little. Mm. It's they could be a dynamic duo. They maybe, just, yeah. I hope they they have chemistry. And then
0: last game of the weekend, Rain hosting Orlando Pride. First game at
1: Cheney Stadium.
0: Yeah, and this is going to be the conclusion of kind of a rough week for Orlando where they played at home, they traveled to North Carolina, and now they're traveling to Tacoma. Woof. Yeah. I'm going to say Rain at home Orlando have This is their already their third game. They've traveled. 3 to 1 for the Rain.
1: 2 to nothing Rain.
0: Okay okay those are our score predictions we're not keeping track this season for many reasons
1: mainly because i don't want to lose again
0: there are fair logistical reasons i'll admit it i'm gonna be gone for so long there's too much of a chunk in the middle for us to really keep track of all this shit to have a meaningful result at the end
1: and it's a lot of pressure for us
0: that's true it is a lot of pressure
1: it's a lot of pressure and we have we have busy lives and maybe we can find some sort of routine for this this year that isn't stressful we
0: don't uh we don't want the the underdog mentality psychological part we just want the um here's some chips and Netflix mentality
1: yeah like I just want to I just want to order pizza and put matches on yeah
0: I'm just happy to be here mentality (laughs)
1: i think that's the name of the podcast all
0: right we're just happy to be here this has been two actually drunk fans (laughs) welcome back nwsl